Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Wholehearted Glow podcast. I am coming at you live in Croatia, and I'm really excited because today we do have a special guest joining us, and we are going to go very deep into the real and raw realities of being in a relationship. So this is going to be a very personal episode. I'm sharing some stuff that I have most definitely never shared to you publicly and also with um, Ellie as well. And we wanted to do this episode because we want to let you know that no matter how put together everything feels online or how perfect your life might seem on Instagram, it's not always what it seems. So we are going to delve into our past relationships and we're going to talk about the things we did right, the things we did wrong, and the ways that we're healing. So let's go ahead and get right into the episode. Ellie, welcome to the show. Yo, what's up? (laughs) All over. Listeners, subscribers of Blaze's podcast. Nice to meet you. My name's Ellie. I'm Blaze's new travel buddy. So yes, we've been traveling together for now like a month and we've been all over Italy. We're moving through Croatia. Tomorrow we're headed to Montenegro, but we've been having a lot of conversations. We've been walking a lot and just a lot of steps have been taken. Yes. Um, a lot of steps have been taken mentally and physically <laughs> because we've just like been, that. yeah, we've just like had time to talk about stuff. And um, so we're going to just kind of bounce back and forth and talk about the things that we did right in our relationships and the things that we could have done better. And hopefully these are points that you can think about with your relationships, whether it be a you know romantic relationship or even just someone you're in friendship with. I think it's really important. So Let's talk about what we did right. Um, Ellie, why don't you give us a little context so we know kind of the background of what we're speaking on here. We'll start with you. Okay, so I recently got out of a relationship about three months ago. So that was like two months before we started traveling. And um, I've just had a lot of time to think now. It's been like, what, 90 days, I guess, three months is. And traveling has really helped me kind of clear my head and realize where I went wrong, where I went right. Um, I was in that relationship for about a year and a half. It was definitely toxic <laughs> oh. to some extent. Whoops. I don't know if anyone, anyone's been in a toxic relationship listening. Um, Can you relate? Little situationship action at the beginning and then, you know, it was committal eventually. But I definitely did a lot of things right and wrong. So let's just get right into that. I guess I'll give one and then maybe you can give one. Yes. Um, and let me give you my context as well. Yeah. So... I was in a long-term committed relationship for almost five years, but we were official. It was situationship first. And then we were together for about like over four years, maybe like four years, three months or something like that. So I typically round up to four and a half, but I don't know if that's healthy or not. But anyways, and I have not been in a committed relationship since then. And I think there are a lot of reasons as to why that <laughs> let's is. Let's get into that nitty gritty, shall we? Yeah, let's dive right into that. <laughs> let's dissect that. And yeah, so we're going to start with you, Ellie. So tell us one thing that you did right. Okay, so the biggest thing for me is time. So mm-hmm. I feel like I did a really good job of giving my time to him and showing up for him in that way. Because I feel like for me, that's definitely the most valuable currency. I'm a busy person. I like to fit a lot in one day, as Blaze also can probably attest to. I like to work out a lot. I like to cook. I like to, you know, just be in my routine. So I feel like for me, like giving up that routine and just like, because he lived an hour away from me. So I would drive up, drive up on the weekends and hang out with him and kind of just, you know, live in his world, um, which I was willing to do because I love spending time with him. But I think I did a good job of just like not like sacrificing my routine for him, like to spend time with him. Um, what was it like, like, 
living in his world. And yeah, it was hard because we definitely didn't live like similar lifestyles in every way. Like we didn't eat the healthiest. Like there were just like little things that weren't like the same in both of our worlds. But I think we did do a good job of like balancing that and uh, meeting in the middle. So that was a positive. That's cool. I think the ability to sacrifice like that, especially for someone like you, or if you're listening and you're a more of a business person, you know, your time is your most valuable currency, as Ellie said. And just being able to be real and honest, like, hey, I don't have that much time. So I am dedicating this time to you and I want you to honor it. I would say something that I did right and that I've struggled with since this relationship was the ability to really just jump in. And I allowed myself, I was telling Ellie, like, I really allowed myself to feel. And I think that that is hard because as I've talked about on the podcast before, like I do come off as like this strong bitch. Um, Only slightly. Yeah. But like, even in the past few months, I've worked so much on my healing of like softening a little bit. You probably see me as a more softy, like, yeah, she has a major soft side, but she is a tough asshole. Like I, you are, <laughs> she shows up into her room and it's just like, hell yeah, bro, energy all over the place. But she's such a softie on the inside, which is crazy. Like you have literally two, per- I don't want to say personalities, but like- Like two sides of me. Just like two I, sides. Like I have my persona, like my business persona. Yeah. And like, I have like who I am Ooh. on my exterior, but like- I'm such a softie. And so with him, like, I always felt like I really was able to, like, have that soft side. And then when I lost, when we broke up, like, I feel like I lost that part of me. Like, I lost right. my I lost my soft side for probably, like, a I good two or three years. Because I was, like, I relied on him to kind of, like, bring it out of me. And now, like, as you can tell, like, I bring it out of myself. Where I'm like, no, I need to, like, be in my feminine. I need to, like lay on the floor and stretch. I need to like put on a dress. I need to like go meditate or cry or whatever it is. So like, I would say I definitely did it right in the sense of like, I allowed myself to jump in. I allowed myself to feel, but at the same token, I kind of relied on him to like pull that out of me as opposed to relying on myself. So yeah, Ellie, what do you have? What else did you do? Right. Definitely the friends thing. I think we can both relate to that? Let's talk Let's about, talk about that. boyfriends because that is a touchy subject. Um, honestly, I think I did this right and wrong, but I spent a lot of time with his friends towards the end because we were in a relationship during COVID and he was like basically just over at my place in my world for the first half. So I didn't even mention that. So he was like doing yeah. a lot of the time thing on his end and hang out with my friends. Um, even though we only, we only had a small group during COVID, but nonetheless, I like didn't really see his world until the second half of the relationship. And I loved his friends. Like, they were really cool, really awesome. But, like, our lifestyles, like, just didn't match up. Like, they don't really exercise that much. And, I mean, you know how people are in their 20s. It's just, like... Yeah. They're usually not working out all day. Like, Especially they're... guys. Like, I feel <laughs> yeah. like guys... My my ex-boyfriend was the same way, where it was, like, he would do active stuff. And exactly. he'd go, like, mountain biking and skiing. But at the same time, like, he wasn't, like, let's get up and go to the gym. Or, like, let's get up and go for a run. Like... In four and a half years of dating, he probably ran with me like three times. And so like, I can definitely relate to you with the friends thing. Like, I think it's cool that you were there and like, we're open to the whole friend situation. I think I struggled a little more. I I definitely struggled with it. Like I was there, but I wasn't there. If that makes sense. Like I was (laughs) a little (laughs) disassociated from the group. Like I was there at the dinners, right? I, was, I went into a I disassociative was, state and I actually don't remember anything. Um, yeah, he would definitely say that I was like a little, not crazy when I was there, but I would just like get after a few hours of just doing nothing or like spending so much money on Video dinner, games. Or, like, yeah. 
things like that, I would just like get into a little of a spiral and like get a little upset, like not directly like mad at him or whatever, but my mood would just shift. Like I would not be Mm -hmm. in a great mood. And if it dragged on like the next day, like the partying and like, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm over that now. Like I'm 26. I don't want to be doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was like, honestly, not that much of a partier and like he was healthy. Like he runs every day. Um, but the friends, it was just like on the weekends, it was always like starting at one, like, let's go like play beer die. And like, you know, it's all fine, but I don't need to be there for that. But like the fact that he lived an hour away meant that I only had three days right on the weekend. And like the only option was to be there. Or just not see him. Like, he wasn't going to drive down. I don't know. So you did it right in the sense of, like, you were able to (laughs) sacrifice for (laughs) him. But maybe, like, Uh, at the same token, I think as women, it's hard for us to be, like, to stay in our to stay in our frame and be like, no, I'm actually not going to go play beer die at 1 o'clock. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to go to yoga and like go to soul cycle or like whatever thing you need to do or go for a run to like feel good. Exactly. Um, now I feel you. I think the next thing like for me that I know I did, I did well, but all these just are such double-edged swords, but like they really are. Every like, single one. It's like, yeah, I did this right, but could I definitely do it, do it better? That is for sure. Yeah. I think for me, I'm just like, I am grateful that I committed so intensely in the sense of there was just never a shadow of doubt in my mind that like he was the person I wanted to be with. And so when I went in, when we finally went in after being in a situationship to being in a relationship, I was like, I was like, are we doing this or not? And it (laughs) did have to be kind of like an ultimatum at the beginning because I was like, look, I can't, my heart is getting ripped around and wrecked by you. And I need to know, like, are we going to be committed or are we not? And so I think what we both did right, like him and I, is that we both committed. Like once we went in, we went in really deep and we were just like so intensely in love that it made everything else worth it. But I, we were talking about this too. Like, I feel like I was also caught up in the fantasy and like, I don't know if that was healthy. (laughs) Yeah, probably not the healthiest, but it is easy to get caught up if you're like that deep in, like Blaze's relationship sounds like it was super deep. I mean, that was five years. Like, mine was a lot shorter. Right. Um, So I didn't have as much time to get that deep, but like, that's, you're obviously going to start fantasizing, like building expectations. Like when you spend that Mm. long together, like I think people just, that's what you naturally start doing. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like we weren't, and this kind of sucks because my mom always said this one thing to me, like when we first started dating and like to this day, it still triggers me. But she was like, you just met him too young. (laughs) And like every time she says that, it makes me feel kind of like shit because I'm like, well, yeah, wouldn't it have been great if I met him now when I'm 28? Right. I have my shit together. I'm in settle. my own frame. I'm I'm ready to settle, like be in a relationship and have kids. And and then I'm like, oh, fuck. But then at the same token, like, were we ready for the intense level of commitment that like having a continuous life partner requires? And I think the answer to that is that we were not ready for that. And that's a that's, lot. Yeah. Like that's it's one person. Like. Yeah, like we met that. I met this woman on the beach the other day, and she was like, "Yeah, I got married to the guy that I met when I was nineteen. My ex, him, and I uh, got together when we were nineteen. And fuck, that was so long ago. Yeah. And um, she was like, "Yeah, uh, you just wake up one day and <laughs> you're forty one, and oh, you're like, oh my god, I've been with this person for over twenty years. Mm, that's so long, two decades. I know, but it's like impressive because yeah. I do admire that. But at the same time, I don't know if I was 
ready for that full commitment, but I know that what I did right was that I committed when I was ready to do it. And I think Mm -hmm. when you feel it, you do it. That's a great line. Yeah, when you feel it, just do it. Like, you're obviously feeling it for a reason. And so many of us (laughs) ignore our feelings. Um, Me, for like the first like 10 months of the relationship. I just thought it was like so cat. I don't know. I was just convincing myself that like I didn't need to like feel like anything deep. Like I was just like- Why? Because I've been independent my whole life. Like I was never the relationship girl. I was never like, the dater, I was always focused on other things like sports and school and whatever. So the relationship thing was just so new to me that I was like, I had honestly didn't have that many expectations for it, which was a pro in some, to some extent, but also kind of a con because I like kept it too casual. Like I kind of like, just, like put my emotions aside, brushed mm. them away. And I was like, no, I don't feel like love. Like I don't feel that. But then like, obviously it escalated and had to come out eventually. But, yeah. The expectations thing hard. Like you just, you want it to be that. Like you want it to be <laughs> You, it. Want it you to don't want to go through it. Again, you don't want to like... <sighs> it's kind of like we're bred to believe that there's like this missing puzzle yeah. piece and that if we find that person, we're going to fit that puzzle piece into our life yeah. and then we're going to feel whole and complete. But what I found <laughs> and what I always tell myself <laughs> is that like when him and I were together, all I could think about were my body insecurities and my lack of professional success in my career. Jeez. And so I wasn't happy because I was focused on those things when I had this like amazingly beautiful thing in front of me. Right. Um, and so I think that's a hard one where you're like, yeah, I want this person to be it. I want to like feel all of the things for this person. But yeah. at the same time, why are we kind of bred to believe that that's like what we have to have to feel whole? I don't, it's a societal thing. It has to go back to that. Like that's what I was raised on my whole life. Like Meet the one, like yeah, your parents, the one I can. Your parents are like, yeah. Why don't you just? Uh, what'd they say to you? Well, why don't you just like wait till marriage and then like meet the one and like that's it. Have like one relationship your entire life. And like I didn't realize that was like toxic. Like I don't want to say that's toxic, but mm. it's not realistic. <laughs> it's just maybe. yeah, it's not the most realistic thing. And it took me way too long to realize that. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just ugh. okay. The way we raise, man. I know. It really uh, causes a lot of issues. Daddy issues <laughs> Daddy coming issues. in hot coming for in me. Hard. Um, Give us another one, Ellie. What do you got? Give me another thing you did right. Oh, um, I think I did a good job of keeping my own life. Mm-hmm. Even though I did spend a lot of time with him and it was COVID and like life was a little weird. I like didn't give up my business. I kept working out, stayed healthy, had my friends. Like I didn't really give up anything in that way. Like I kept myself. I think that just comes from being so independent my whole life. Like, that's just always mm. been, like, my non-negotiable. And your age, because you guys didn't get right. together until you were, what, was it 24 and a half? Yeah, like, 24. So, yeah, 24 and a half. Um, yeah, I think the age thing helps a lot. Like, I'm honestly really glad I didn't date when I was younger. Yeah, like, see, whereas you... I got out of the relationship when I was 24. Oh, like, I could not... <laughs> dating me at 18 would have been a nightmare. Like, I just... Rough. I was just, yeah. Rough. Not in the best headspace to be dealing with emotions like that. Ladies, stay in your frame. I think that's so big and it's really admirable, Ellie, because it's like you were, you know, in this relationship, but you also maintained integrity with like who you are as a person. And I think that as we get older, that is the one of the biggest things we can do to honor ourselves. I think so too, 100%. Yeah. Um, okay, the last one that I know I did right was that I like, I'm gonna try to not get emotional. Oh no. But it's just like, we loved so hard. Like sometimes I think about stuff like that where I'm like, oh my God, like we laughed our asses off together. Yeah, I miss that You know, and like, he just like, every time I would get mad, he would just like, give me a big hug. Stop. And I just 
I don't regret that. Like, I don't regret how much I put my heart on the line because even though it and ultimately did leave me pretty heartbroken, like the whole thing because of what we did to each other, not because we like ruined each other, but because of what ended up happening. Like, I just, I still don't regret it because like we were talking about this, but like love is really like a drug. It's like a disease. It is, man. It's a disease. And it's like, I don't know if I'm ever, and I was telling someone this yesterday. They were like, yeah, you probably won't ever feel like that again because that was your first one. Oh, saw. And I was like, yeah, maybe you won't feel it in that way, but you'll definitely feel it. Just be different. Yes. So that is like, yeah, maybe that was a once in a lifetime kind of feeling. That's fine. There are better feelings to come. Like True. Probably more stable feelings. Yeah, stable. It'll just be in a different form. Yeah, like, but I don't regret loving so hard. And I think for anyone listening who is afraid to put their heart on the line, like, sometimes you just got to go in with reckless abandon. And like they say, like, let it break your heart a little bit because it'll be fine. (laughs) Ish. I'm kidding. Ish. You will, like, but do be careful. Like, don't. Yes. Don't pick the wrong person. Like, don't think, like, don't ever settle. No. For the wrong person just because you want to be in a relationship. Because you're, like, too old. Like, you haven't been in a relationship yet. Like, I got, I was old yeah. when I was in my first relationship. But, like, I don't regret anything. Like, just wait until you find someone who's worth it. Because it is a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot more than you think it is. And it's a lot of work. Like, even yes. with just Ellie and I, we're basically Damn. in a relationship right now yeah. because we're traveling <laughs> together. Like, obviously, we're not romantic. But it's, you know, we have to communicate about stuff. I Communication. I'm like, okay, Ellie, like we got to buy this bus ticket. We got to buy this train ticket. We have to check in, check out of these Airbnbs. So yeah. So take your time and make sure it's the person that you want to be with. Okay. Now we get to delve into our. Let's talk about communication. Yeah. Regrets. (laughs) regrets. Um, What's the biggest thing that you feel like you did wrong? Such bad communication skills. Like, I don't want to say like super bad, but I just didn't realize how much, like Blaze was saying, how much work you have to put in. To make these, I thought it was just like, oh, you meet someone, you spend time together, yeah, 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 like that's it, like la la land. Like I just didn't think it was a job, but it kind of is. It is a job. You my, have to talk about shit. You and, have to. Oh my god, yeah. You just have to. You have to show up. You have to talk. Um, issues will arise. Like the honeymoon phase at the beginning does not last. Nope. Like, <laughs> that does not happen. I remember when mine ended. I remember the feeling. I remember right. I was in Patagonia. We were in South America camping together, and like he was fucking taking pictures of birds like in the river and i was just like what is he doing like i'm hungry i want to eat oh and we were, let's go let's <laughs> talk about that exactly like dicking around and, like we have They're to get a meal di- yes like i'm we, hungry it's, Guys don't it's get 11 a.m yeah we haven't moved from the bed one no i'm hungry you don't eat until five, but like I yeah, need five eat. meals before that. Yeah, same. And Ellie and I, like women, where are we at? Can we relate? Like we got to be eating constantly because otherwise I'm going to get hangry. And I remember when that honeymoon yeah. phase ended and we had to start having those hard conversations because I was literally like, you're fucking taking pictures of a random ass sparrow oh in a river. We're camping and I'm hungry and all we have is salami. You know what I mean? Like, I'm dead. Exactly. Like what is up with that? They just don't do anything. They're like so fine with that though. Like, putting off, like, tasks that need to be, like, totally. accomplished to deal with their, I don't know what world they're living they're in half the time. They're just kind of in, like, la-la land, I feel. They are. Like, they're, yeah, uh, they're just different. Yeah. So, I would say, like, it sounds like you struggled with the, the communication piece. Yeah. Just talking about, like, tougher subjects the whole time. Like, obviously, towards the end, things came up that needed to be talked about, and they were talked about, but it took too long to get there. Mm. Like, just deep things that, like, shouldn't be so hard to talk about, but for some reason, it just was in the moment. And now looking back, I'm like, why? Like, I don't know. I guess because it was just like, when you talk about those things, it gets more serious. And yes. like, we were both just a little scared to do that. Or at least 
I was. I was like, I don't, I didn't, I didn't know how he felt about it. Totally. I remember one time, like, I was really close with his family and his parents, like, had to sit us down because we, like, oh my God. we, like, did something that wasn't, like, oh, super no. respectful and I'm not going to go into it. It wasn't, like, bad, but it was just, like, a... Right. Anyway, his dad was, like, this is one of those things where, like, we have to sit down and do the thing that we, quote, don't want to talk about. And Stop. I always remember, <laughs> I know, but I always remember that conversation because... Until I got older, I didn't really realize that, like, life is really comprised of these moments where, like, you've got to sit down and talk about things that you really might not necessarily want to speak about. And yeah. so, like, it's cool to know that even though there were some lacks in communication with your relationship and definitely also with mine, that, like, I can show up in my next relationship and be able to communicate about shit that's not comfortable. And same. that's why when I'm dating, I always ask, like, the same 10 questions to every guy. I'm like... You are so open now. It's, I can't even imagine you being bad at communication in a relationship. I, was, I wasn't great. Like, we talked about, like, stuff that was bothering me, but, like, we were talking about one of the biggest things I did wrong is, like, there wasn't a lot of communication about sex. Like, we didn't right. talk about sex. Like, it yeah. just, it wasn't talked about because at the beginning, it was good. Right. So it's like, you just kind of go off of, like, oh, well, I think we're supposed to have That's sex, so like, true. three days a week, maybe four. Like, do it this way, and, like, it seems to be fine. But yeah. it's like, why weren't we talking about that? Like, that probably could have connected us so much more. And it sucks because when you're younger, you just don't have those quite as many skills. So I definitely regret that. Though. Like, you're yeah. just educated, like, this is how you have sex. Like, like, this is a dick and this is a vagina. Like, but no one's, like, talking about how you have to communicate. No. To have a healthy parents, sexual relationship. My parents oh. never. <laughs> yeah. My, no. No, our parents are not the example, so. No, and that's why, like, another thing, too, that we've talked about is, like, now (laughs) that, like, sex communication is so important to me that it has to be talked about. Yeah, I think it should be. That has to be relatable for people. I don't think people talk enough about that. They don't. There's no way. No, and so I bought these stickers for my water bottle, and they say consent makes me wet, which is a little... (laughs) She's very excited about these stickers arriving. Borderline. Yeah, I'm excited, but, like... It's true. Like, let's talk about this. Is this something you want to do? Or, like, are you right. not okay with this? Like, where are your boundaries? Right. And why is it so hard to talk about? I don't... I guess... I mean, it makes sense, but... I think so, neither party wants to admit maybe that there's something subpar happening. May, I, maybe you know it's an like ego mean? thing. Or, yeah. like, just... it. Yeah, I think that's right. It was like, I was always like, I don't know what he wants. Like, or am I even doing this right? Like, is he like this? Like, it's just, like, hard to ask those questions because you're... It's your most vulnerable you're state. Like, that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and when you're in the moment, it's, like, not really the best time to even be talking about it because you're just, like, so vulnerable already. And then, like, then, like, after you don't want to talk about it because you're just, like, cuddling. I don't know. It just, like, never seems to be the, a great time. Maybe I need to have, like, a, a sex conversation uh, appointment in my calendar. I think so. I think we're at the Google calendar point. Thought. It's a good... Google calendar. Like, is that a dinner topic? Like, I don't even know. All right, what do you have? Um, well, let's see. Communication of oh, the boundaries thing that goes back to the situationship issue. Okay, that's let's, let's that talk about long. this. That was too long, and like, yeah, let's talk about situationships. We can both um discuss that. Mm-hmm. Um, mine was for like probably like seven or eight months. Yep, same. Which mine was like five. It took me like I think five or six months to get to the point to bring it up. I was like, what's <sighs> going on here? And then, like, we kind of had a conversation and, like, just Devin, it was kind of like, oh, we'll just keep it the same. And I was like, yeah, like, I don't really, like, need a boyfriend right now. And, like, I was true, honestly. Like, I was like, I don't really, like, care. Like, I've never been in a relationship. I'm just kind of, like, you know, having fun. We're only dating each other. Like, it was never, like, not exclusive, which was also confusing. (laughs) 
That was mentally like, taxing. Yeah. It was just like a lot of like, oh, we're in a relationship, but we're not. And then I got to a point where it was just like too much emotionally. I was like, he like, had some baggage and I was like, I can't deal with like the emotional side of things if you're not my boyfriend, right? So I hit a wall and I was like, see ya. And, <laughs> and then we like broke up for like three weeks, kind of like kept talking. And then he came back around and like, I don't know, we just like almost like got intimate. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, you got to leave. Like, I was like, I can't do anything. Like, the emotional block was there. I couldn't do it. Yep. And then we ended up committing to each other and being in a relationship. But, like, I couldn't even do it. Like, I, I got to the point where I physically, like, could not even, like, see him in that way, like, romantically anymore. Because the emotional, like, side was just, like, not an option. Right. Because you weren't able to, like, set the boundary because maybe you didn't know what you actually needed. Yeah. Basically. It was, like, hard to... I didn't even really know what my boundaries were until they were, like, crossed. <laughs> obviously like totally yeah so setting boundaries in my next relationship that's my that's gonna be my biggest thing like just not like being so okay with things yeah i was so chill like i was almost like too chill too much like i'm from san diego i'm a chill person but i was way too chill with some things like i just let things slide i let things like nothing that was like bad necessarily but just things that like you should be a little more strict on um so definitely not gonna be like that in my next relationship i feel that (laughs) i I definitely did not have the boundaries. And this is where, like, not only did I lack the boundaries, I was also kind of, like, begging for his affection Mm. because when we were together, it was, like, situationship before we got, like, together together. So I had it in my head that I had to, like, win him over. And this is what we always talk about, the idea of, like, you really should date a guy that's, like, possibly more into you than you are into him because I was so obsessed with him that, like, I couldn't think straight. I couldn't see straight. I couldn't. Suffer from the disease. I suffered from the disease. The disease of love. <laughs> and so it was hard because True I like though. couldn't, I couldn't set boundaries because I didn't mm. even know how to like really love myself. Right. And so now it's like when I come into like when I go on dates or when I think about what I'm like offering into the universe in regards to my relationships, like I am very clear on my boundaries where it's like Blaze is not shape-shifting. I'm not gonna pretend to be someone I'm not, which I did mm. in my past relationship. Yep. Not like to the core. I wasn't like living a double life, but like he loved skiing and like I I may have embellished uh, that I like enjoyed being fucking I didn't know cruising. You were a yeah. <laughs> I actually snowboard and I love so. it. No, I fucking hate it. And then I get dragged on all these like adventures in right. the woods where I'm like freezing my ass off. I still have frostbite on my left toe. Oh my god. One of my Forever left scarred. toes. Forever scarred. It's like a black toe. Oh my god. I know. But anyways, yeah. So like I didn't know how to set the boundaries because I was so obsessed. And so I don't think that's healthy. And I think now. You know, when I do go on dates and Ella think, Ellie thinks this is really like forward, but I tell guys, I'm like, no, like I am, I am definitely looking for a relationship. I'm looking to like get married and have kids. I think you have to do that. Like, yeah, it is a little, I don't want to say too forward. It's just forward. Right. And so like I tell guys on the apps or like guys that I meet, I'm like, hey, I just want to let you know, like I'm not looking for a hookup. So if that's what you want, like you should definitely keep moving because yeah. That's not me and that's not who I am. And that, for me, that is like one of the best ways to establish my boundary because I feel that men actually do really respect that. Right. But I was so afraid for years to Same. even admit to myself that I wanted something more exactly. than casual. Exactly. I know. I was afraid to admit it to myself too. I was like, I don't care. Like, I was just like way too chill. Totally. And I thought I, I genuinely thought that's like, I could do that. But yeah. now that I've like gone through this, I'm like, nope. No, uh, you can't. Not, I don't have time. Like, I don't have time to just mess around. Nope. I think it's the age thing, too. Like, we're just, like, older now, so maybe that's why. But I don't know. Like, I just want something serious. I don't have time to mess around and just, like, do the casual thing. Yeah, Not my jam. Not my jam. So. Totally. And um, 
Yeah, the last one that I'm going to mention for me and like maybe I think you can relate to. And if you're listening, ladies or gents, and like I just I didn't appreciate what I had because like I also feel on the other end that society also kind of taught us that we can find a big or sorry, like an intensely deep connection anywhere. And that's just not the case. No, nope. Like and now with the apps, too, it's like. I mean, everyone's heard totally. about this. Like, everyone just has constant options. Like, you're like, oh, well, if it doesn't work out with this person, I'll just swipe and whatever. swipe and swipe. I'll just find another replace, like, someone exactly like them. It's like, that's not how it works. Now that I've been single for a while, like, I haven't really been dating that much, but like, I've definitely like thought about it a lot. And I'm like, yeah, I think that connection's like, you're probably gonna have a couple of those in your life. Yeah, like, maybe like two or one three. One or two. Like, yeah, one to three. Like, yeah, that quote that's like, <laughs> you meet thousands of people all the time and no one ever changes you. And then you meet one person and your mm-hmm. life has changed forever. Like, that's how I feel. Like, we met 10 years ago. And to this day, like, I still think about him every single day. It's like, we yeah. met 10 years Such ago. Such a huge impact. That's why it's like, don't put your, like, be careful <laughs> you choose because it does leave a mark. Tattoo on my heart. Ta- that post- posty coming in with those lyrics. Tattoo on my heart. Oh, all right. So we're going to move right into our healing. And we're just going to talk about a few things that we've done. And hopefully these are helpful for you as well in order to heal and show up better in our next relationship. So let's get right into it. Yeah. And now we're going to talk about healing. So for me, I would say the healing process has been a lot longer than I had anticipated. And it's been very painful. What about you, Ellie? I know you're Fresher off the breakup, but fresh off the breakup train. <laughs> oh, the train has arrived at the station. Choo choo. <laughs> <laughs> but oh. being fresh off that breakup train, mm. what types of things are you doing to help yourself heal? Can you give us something? You know, just a casual Europe trip for like three months. Honestly, just um, taking time to myself. I feel like that's what you need to do, not distracting yourself with other people. Too much work, too much working out, whatever it is. I think you just really need to sit with yourself after a breakup. I mean, this is my first one, so I can't be speaking for everyone. Hopefully only one. Um. Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. I'm manifesting that for myself. Um, But no, I feel like I'm old enough and like wise enough to just, I don't know, realize that life goes on and... The most important thing right now is just taking care of myself and trying to figure out what I want in my next relationship so I don't get hurt as badly or I just choose as a better partner. I don't know. I'm still figuring it out, but I think I'm doing a good job. Yeah, and I think you're really good about being maybe like too selective, but like you're selective in the sense of you're not just gonna fuck around or be not intentional about who you're dating because I think that's like, I mean, I like didn't have a prefrontal cortex when I got out of my breakup. Right. So I was like really not intentional about who I was seeing. And that was yeah. yeah, like a little traumatizing. So good for you for taking that time for yourself. I mean, you know, I'm more of an extrovert. So I prefer to be around people as opposed to... Oh, you are? As opposed to <laughs> being like by myself. Just a little bit. But I do take a lot of time for like reflection and introspection and like to your point. You do. Yeah, you do a great job with that. Better than me, honestly. Like doing it daily. I'm more of a long-term introspector. Is that a word? I don't know. Yeah, like I'll go like (laughs) do my meditations and like my yoga and all that stuff, but it doesn't make it any easier. It's just we all have our different ways of healing. And I think 
to that point of like taking time for yourself, I also have learned to create my own safe space. And that's been the hardest thing for me is like not clinging to a person or an idea or like mm. a th- an idea that this other person is going to provide it for me. I'm really right. trying to provide it for myself. But it's so hard because it's like when I feel mentally like on the rocks, I'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm really not feeling stable right now. Or I'm really like struggling, whatever it is. Unhinged. Yeah, unhinged. And then I'm like, well, what do I need? And what I normally need is to just sit with myself, like you said, and just like take that time. That is funny that you say that because you are extroverted. So that has to be a little harder for you. Yeah, it's After a breakup because you like... I just distract. I'll just go right. into distraction mode. And I didn't even think about that. I'm just, com- I'm completely opposite. So I'm like totally fine being alone. Yeah. Whereas like for me, I know that sometimes I need to check myself if I'm like booking my calendar, like to the fullest brim from like 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. Because I right. will do that. I'll be like, okay, I'm doing this, 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 and this. And it's like, okay, sometimes you just need to like not make any plans and like sit in bed and just like reflect, but also not cry too much. <laughs> but crying's good. I've cried so many times since breaking up. But I always cry, so I cry about things not related to the breakup. But I think that's also been incredibly soothing. Just, like, sitting with the emotions mm-hmm. and letting, like, whatever flows out of my eyes flow out of my eyes. And then I feel better every single time afterward, like, without fail. You just have to let it out. Like, don't suppress that. Totally. I think we should talk about validation because I think this is, like, the biggest one that women collectively have to heal from. So how do you validate yourself? Or, like, do you struggle with, like, wanting validation from men? Mm. That's definitely not my number one love language, but I know it is free. You like validation. Yeah, I just like need that affirmation. I still like it though. So yeah, when that's stripped away, I think you lose some confidence in yourself. Like you definitely start feeling a little insecure afterward. And like, I don't know, I feel like we're both pretty confident people, but we definitely have our moments and having someone break up with you or just having a breakup in general, that, that, that that doesn't make you feel good about yourself. You're like kind of questioning like what's wrong with me? What did I do? Like, is it me? Like, what what about me made you break up with me? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or why did why did this not work out? Yeah. And you're like putting it on yourself and you just start questioning yourself and your self worth. So I definitely went through like a month of that. And I think what kept me grounded was just focusing on what I'm good at and tapping more into those sectors of my life and not like male validation because. Yeah, not my thing. So, and it's very fleeting too. I mean, I think exactly it's like you could be validated by a guy for a few days or a few weeks or even a few months, and then they could just be gone. And then (laughs) if you're not validating yourself, you feel kind of empty. Right. And I have days where I wake up and I'm like not being nice to myself, and I'm like, why did I just? Why am I waking up and I'm already hating myself? And I like catch those moments and I'm like. And then I bring myself back and I start focusing on like the positive aspects of myself and I bring myself out of it. But that happens to me. And I'm like, why? Like, I, just, I, just think, I don't even choose that. It's just like a subconscious thing. So I'm, I'm sure that's common for a lot of people. Totally. And yeah. Like, it's, recognizing that it's important. It's really important. And it's the language that we use with ourselves. And yeah, that's a hard one. So I think with the not, for me, it's just been a long journey of learning to not seek that external validation and to know that whenever it it's got to come from within. And like last year was the year when I was 27, where I just decided that I wasn't going to listen to my parents. I wasn't going to listen to like guys I was dating. I wasn't going to listen to like girls I was dating. I just can't. No. And I just decided like, I'm going to live my life the way that I want. And it was the most liberating decision. And I think that's when I stopped seeking validation from other people Mm. because I realized that I needed to make my own choices and not worry about, yeah, not worry about like what other people were going to think. No. 
Um, is there anything else you feel that has been helpful for you in your healing process? Mm, I think just having hope that something better is coming. Like just focusing on the future and not dwelling so much mm. on the past because I get like, whenever it'll just hit me at random times now, like random memories and like those thoughts start coming in. I get sad and I'm, I start living in the past and it's fine to like think like you're always gonna have memories and like you shouldn't suppress all of those necessarily. But I think focusing on the future and just knowing that breakups happen for a reason, there's something better coming and focus on the positive aspects of the breakup more so than dwelling on, oh my God, the like the highest highs of your last relationship, right? I think you're so right. And yeah, as humans, we really romanticize it. Yes. And I've, I'm guilty of that. Like when I started really getting into processing the breakup, it was, it was like the memories just the every memory day. Flooding. Like it's I would, it's like a flood. I would get like a hundred memories a day. Not asking for a rainy day, bro. Not asking for a rainy day. Yeah. It's like hits you at the most random time. Always in the gym for me, dude. Always in the gym. Yeah. I don't know, like random, like, I think when I'm listening to my music or something, mm-hmm. I hear a lyric and I'm usually listening to like some kind of, it's always, it's all related to love. So it like gets to post Malone <laughs> over now. <laughs> what else? Yeah. Those lyrics, man. I'm just like, stop. I get it. Yeah. And for me, like to the same level, I focus on meditating on what I want to attract into my life. And that's really hard for me because I, it's hard for me to imagine something different. It's like riding your first wave, right? Like you ride your first wave and your whole life, you're just only thinking about that first wave. Like I still remember the first wave that I ever rode. It was in Chincoteague Island, Virginia. (laughs) Side story. Side side note. And (laughs) I'll never forget it. And it wasn't even that big of a wave, but it was like that feeling. Like I'll always remember that feeling. And so it's hard for me sometimes to meditate on what I want to attract because I, I think about the same feeling. So what's been really expandive expanding for me and expansive, I guess is a better word is allowing myself more space to attract something that maybe I can't really imagine. Yeah. You can't fathom it. Yeah. I mean, you don't even know what it is exactly. Like you're just predicting. You can't like, you can't like see the person. necessarily. No, you can't. It's it's like getting a pair of glasses, but they're, the vision is totally foggy. Yeah. It's foggy. It's like when it steams up from the coffee or something. Yeah, it's all steamy. <laughs> you can kind of see, but not clearly. But it has been healing to think about that and be introspective about what that could feel like to have a partner that isn't the person that I thought it was going to be. Right. I like that line. I think we should go back to boundary talk now. I used to struggle with men or women um, accepting my lifestyle. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Because my life, like I used to think like, oh, I can be the party girl or I can be the girl that like stays up late and goes out. <laughs> I think we live very similarly. <laughs> we and can't do the 5 a.m.ers, man. It's not me. Like I can't be up till 5 a.m. because I will be awake at 5 a.m. training and working out and doing my thing and doing my morning routine. It's going to be my tongue. Like... <laughs> It's like, if you're not going to scrape your tongue with me at 5 a.m., it's not going to work out. Right. And it's like, I think I just didn't know how to honor my boundaries and thought I could be fluid between those two lifestyles. But the reality is like, yeah, you can go out and like have balance and maybe go out once a week or something. But like the party lifestyle, that's not our lifestyle. And I didn't know how to express that and honor that. And now like when I'm dating a guy, I'll be like, Sorry, my availability Stop. for here's dates. Here's my Google calendar. I'm like, here's my calendar. If you want to get on it, I require two to three days notice. 
And if you want to go on a date with me, it's got to be between, be between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. because I have to wake up at 5 a.m. <laughs> Is that too much? Mood. I don't think so at this point. If they're not going to respect that, then they're not the one for you. Right. Because it's like, I don't want to date someone that wants to take me out at 11 o'clock at night anyways on a Wednesday. No, I don't think that's where we're at now. I hope not. Ugh. Can't. But I think it's more common for people to just live that lifestyle. So true. It's like, why aren't you molding to me? Like, be normal. And it's like, but this is my normal. So yeah, it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out. But yeah, I'm the same way where I definitely have to make sure the next person I date is okay with me waking up early or me working out a lot. It was always the running like that always got in the way. It was like, you have to run for an hour. You're going to be gone for two hours. And I'm like, you're going to be at the gym for three hours. And I'm like, maybe. Yeah. See, see <laughs> where they're like, why do you work out so much? And I'm like, look, you have a six pack and you're eating a fucking piece of toast with bacon on it. Right. Don't mm-hmm. talk to me. Like, I'm going to be running. If you want me to be normal around you, I need to work out. It's more Same. a mental thing for it me is, than it physical. Because it's like, if I don't do it, you and I, I mean, we've been traveling together for over a month now. It's yeah. like, we both have to get our workout we in. Have to. Or it's just not going to be cute. We're not our best selves. Like, maybe you need a party to be your best self. I need to work out for five hours like a psychopath. So, if you don't want to date me, don't worry. There's... It's totally a mental thing. And I think it's important as women that we honor ourselves and we honor our boundary. And we know that if this is what I like and this is my lifestyle, I'm not going to change it. No, you shouldn't have to. Um, can we talk about the friend thing? Yeah. More so, about the friends. Always down to talk more. Well, the fr- not that as <laughs> much, but the friend thing more of like in our own healing. Like, do we think... Oh, being friends with the person. Yeah. Like, do we mm. think... For my healing, I'm now four years later, like maybe we could be friends. But, right. but then like why? You already have friends. I know. You have more than enough friends. But yeah, I think everyone gives the same canned answer to this. Like, ah, uh, I think people can be friends, but me and like I don't think I could do it. Right. <laughs> That's what everyone says. Do you think in your healing process for your from your breakup that you're able to do the friend no. thing? I don't think I can heal without with while being friends that will not work for me. No. I already knew that. Like when I was breaking up, I was like, we're not going to be friends. And he was like, well, that's not what I want. I'm like, well, that's, it's not about you. Like right now it's about like what we both need for healing. And maybe you are okay with being friends. I am not. That is not like seeing you in my messages every day. And no, like, how is that? No. And I don't think, I think he was in denial too. Like I don't think anyone can do that. No. But you know, I do have friends that have done that where they say to me, you know, yeah, Blaze, we broke up a year ago and we talk every day. I love him so much. And I'm like, honestly, good for you, but I just right. don't think don't it's one of those do, But I like that. the idea of it in the long run. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Whoever is listening to this and thinking about their past relationships. Like, do you think you could be friends? Let me know. Please. Send me a message on <laughs> IG. Let us know step-by-step step how you achieve that. Because I would love to be friends. Totally. I hate the fact that you lose your best friend. That is so sad. It is sad. It's just sad. And you, you lose like that yin yang type energy Ugh. where you get that balance. Don't get sad. Stop. I'm sad now, but it's fine. I'm not crying. You're crying. I'm not crying. I'm kidding. We're good. This. Okay. The last one I want to talk about is about um, sex and boundaries with sex and consent. And I think that when I first got into the dating world, I was basically cutting to sex as my only value point. Oof, yeah. And even if I wasn't necessarily having sex with the person, 
I was thinking that that was what I was bringing to the table. And so maybe my personality, like now people are always like, oh my God, you do so many things like blah, blah. And I'm like, that's because I had to like create this life Mm -hmm. that I wanted for myself because before I was kind of always shape-shifting to whatever a guy wanted me to do. And so now I realize that I'm not only, I'm not bringing just sex to the table and it's, that's not my only value point. Yeah. I know. I feel like that too sometimes. Like you're just kind of getting used for being a girl like in that way. I still feel like that's kind of what they want. (laughs) I know. And so it's it's hard to go into like dating or seeing someone and be like, yeah, I actually do all these other things. Do they care? Sometimes I I think they don't. I don't know. I want to think they do. I would really like to. I really hope for humanity that they do. Right. And, you know, we should talk to some men on the pod because. We should. I've only ever had one guy on the pod. and We need some male energy on the pod to balance this. We do. (laughs) It's very one-sided. But, no, I think there are good men out there. there They don't get enough credit. Like, they they don't. don't. It's been a lot of, like, shaming men these last couple years, especially on social media. It's always like, fuck men and, like, men suck and, like, all men are shit. Men ain't shit. It's like. Okay, but some are. <laughs> it's yeah, it's not true, and and I think girls that, ain't shit either, man. Sometimes like girls are not the nicest creatures. No, we can be kind of rude and inconsiderate, toxic ourselves. Yes, like, we are not perfect either. So yes, um, oh, that's another one too. Is is understanding my own toxicity? That's mm, that could a be an entire episode. I have a lot I didn't even know until yeah. I got into this relationship. I was like, oh wow, I do have a lot of like toxicity to me. Yeah, it's very interesting to think about like in what ways was I toxic? I like I was definitely oh, over should, I was you should over controlling. I wasn't happy. I was always looking forward to the next thing, rarely able to enjoy the moment. Um we definitely had a lot of trust and pretty good communication, but like I just feel like there were a lot of things about me just in general as a person that were mm-hmm. really toxic and a big part of my healing has been to actually be humble enough to realize That's that I yeah. had a lot of toxic traits and I'm still working on them, but I think I'm getting a lot better, but it's hard. That's why you've been like single for now for four years, probably. You're yeah. just working on yourself. And I think that's what everyone needs to do. And so many people don't do that before they get into relationships. And that's why they're toxic. Right. But then people say like, like I thought I was, I keep thinking the thing. I'm you working think on myself. You, right. Right. That's true. But then it's like you keep pulling back the layers and you're like, well, why am I being manipulative right now? That's not fucking cute. I think we're all just human. And at the end of the day, we're never going to be perfect. But I think you do need to do some kind of self-work before self-work before you get into a relationship. Like more than I did before I got into mine. For sure. I was not ready. But I thought I was. Let's pull a takeaway. What would you say to your future self about the type of relationship that you want to be in or that you are attracting? It's a hard one. Like, there's a lot. You're like meeting future Ellie. She's standing in it's front just of so you. It's so hard. I'm like such, it's hard for me to envision future. Really? Yeah, more of like a present. Like, I don't really try to dwell on the past, but I'm not really like, I've never been a big planner. I feel like you're True. so good at manifesting your like future life, which I need to get better at. Because <laughs> right now I'm just like, I'm traveling, like I'm doing this, running my business. But like, I'm never like thinking like five years down the road, more like a living in the moment type of person. Um, but definitely I think the biggest thing for me in my next relationship and what I want um future Ellie to know, or I think she would tell me is like boundaries, because that's the one thing I don't think I had enough of in my Ooh. last one. Like I I'm not doing situationships. Nope. I'm not doing that. 
Like that is just not happening. I'm going to be like Blaze now where I have a screening process. Yep. And you probably won't make it to date five. Yeah. If you make it past date five, you are, um, you have a lot of potential to be the final relationship of my life. So (laughs) that's what future Ellie would tell you. Future Ellie would say boundaries. (laughs) That's it. Boundaries period. Okay. Future Blaze would say patience is a virtue. Ooh, you do struggle with patience. I struggle with patience so much. Yesterday we were driving home from this big excursion that we had done and the person we were driving with was driving so slow and I was like, get out. I'm going to drive. And he was like, no, like it's fine. I'm driving safely and I don't want us to get in a car accident on the middle of the road, like on the side of the road in Montenegro. And I was like, no, like get out. And I was like, freaking out so future self be patient it's a virtue it's a virtue well thank you so much ellie for coming on the show thank you for having me i'm so honored we were happy to have you (laughs) it's been a pleasure feel free to check both of us out on ig i'm at wholehearted glow coaching we have the goal setting sessions they are live so if you would like to pick an area of your life that you would like to improve you would like to set some goals and make sure you're held accountable to reaching them let me know. Just slide into my DMs. Ellie is at it's Ellie Abrahamson. Yes. That's my business Instagram. I also have a travel Instagram now. So we got up to uh, 72 followers. If you want to (laughs) follow me on there, it's travel.with.ellie. Love it. Thanks so much, Ellie, for coming on the show. We'll see you next time. Ciao. Thank you so much for listening to the Wholehearted Glow podcast today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you liked what you heard, feel free to write a review. I would love, 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 love to hear from you. And if you would like to connect on Instagram, I am at wholehearted underscore glow. Lots of daily shenanigans going on there, but also like real life stuff, coaching stuff, fitness stuff. So anything you need, that is the place to contact me directly. And I will speak with you soon. Bye.